0: Okay, we are already recording, so I'm just going to let this record and give you guys a couple of minutes to hop on. So excited to do this with you all, with my sweet mom friends. Hey, Lindsay. Can you hear me? You can't. Okay. Am to okay? Let me hang on we'll start in just a minute you can see okay I just unmuted you can you hear me I can hear you yeah Hey, you doing okay yeah how are you I'm good I'm good trying to make it through I know, it's a lot harder teaching kindergarten, first grade, and preschool than it is teaching <laughs> <fifth grade. laughs> I know, I know, poor Zoe, fifth grade math. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> if you think y'all that's the right answer, me. do what? Tell me. I used to teach fifth grade. She may have to. Yeah, y'all do that. Yeah. I can do that. Okay. That's something I know. Right, well, her and Brandon made fun of me yesterday. Um, hello, because there was a a question that I did not, I did not know it in the way (laughs) that I thought it was supposed to be figured out. They were both like simultaneously like, no, that is wrong. (laughs) That is not right. (laughs) Common core, common core. It's crazy. So anyway, fractions, they're figuring out. Good morning, everybody. Uh Thank y'all for coming in. I'm going to go ahead and mute everybody. Um, Let's see here. All right. So the reason I've got you muted uh, is not because I don't want to hear you. I would love to talk with you and hear you. And hopefully we're going to have time to do that towards the end. But it's just to allow you, if you need to go talk to your kids and, you know, with your mom voices, I totally get it. Um, Mine, you'll probably see running around my youngest. um, She just came to say hello to everybody. You may also hear my dog. He is sitting right now by my feet. He is... um, just as much of a child as the other two are, so that is fine. You will see, I think um, there's a spot where you can, there's a chat, so you can comment if you want to comment um, and type a message to everybody. If you want to say good morning or you want to tell everybody where you're from, you can do that. If you have questions, you can also type your questions here. Now, if you have to hop off early, uh, you may have to go do something um, or you have other things to do today, that's fine. This is being recorded. So what I'm gonna do after we finish this session and then tomorrow, after we do tomorrow's session, I will send those recordings out. So that way you'll have them, you can go back to them um, whenever you need it. So uh, this is just to give you guys some encouragement. I know right now we are all going through stuff that, that we've never, our generations have never Experience this. So, we are all navigating this from uncharted territories. I mean, all of you who are on here, I know that there are different states already represented, even now, which I love. So, just think about this for a minute before we start. We are all on here. We are moms. We have one kid, two kids, three kids, all different ages, um, and we are in different states or different parts of the world, and we're coming together in community as one. To, to come together, to help one another, and to encourage each other. So I just think that is amazing that, that we can use technology in this way to to love on each other and uh, to encourage each other, that, that God is allowing us to do that. So I'm excited to have you guys all here. Again, you can type in the chat. I have everybody muted just to allow you to do what you need to do. I know some of you are joining where you can't have video because some of you are joining from work. You're still going to work. So just know that that is okay. Um, I have my coffee. I don't know if anybody else has your coffee. If you do, or if you don't drink coffee, please tell me how you do that because I drink coffee a lot, especially now throughout the day and at night. So I, I feel you if you're drinking your coffee this morning. So, and hey, Holly. Holly's on here all the way from New York praying for you guys there, um, praying for everybody. So we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to have about 40 minutes, uh, actually about 30. because I'm not going to keep you the whole 40. And I'm just going to share my story as I was praying just to the Lord this morning and just about doing this. I just asked God, you know, what do you want me to share? And the reason that we are split in two different groups, we've got moms this morning and then later uh, this evening, I'll do college and young adults uh, and singles. It's because we're all in different parts and different phases of our life. And we all deal with anxiety in different ways. I don't know about you guys, but I know for me as a mom, I get anxious sometimes about my kids and, and my ability to be their mom is this enough? Am I doing this the right way? What if I don't teach them the right way? What if they fail? What if um, I'm trying too hard to protect them? What if I'm not protecting them enough? And you have all these scenarios that run through your head that we all can understand. And we have those friends of ours who, who are not moms yet. One day they will be. And so they're going through different things with their anxiety. So I just wanted to just share with you from that perspective and just share some stories through, through my life, through my journey with anxiety to, to help you understand you're not alone. Um, yes, we have those crazy thoughts and we probably think, man, if somebody knew what thoughts just went through my head, they would probably think I am a hot mess. And the truth is we've all had those thoughts. And I think it is so funny when I share those thoughts and my friends are like, I I thought that too, and we kind of laugh and we giggle because it makes us feel better to know we're not alone. So just to give you a little background there. So just to let y'all know, I'll just start as I was when I was at a conference speaking to you. My name is Karis and I am a survivor and overcomer of anxiety and depression. I grew up my whole life in church. I have a twin brother and I have an older brother, um, and we have lived in the state of Alabama our whole life. We were actually born in Mississippi. My mom is from Tupelo, Mississippi, and my dad worked for the railroad, and so they stayed in Mississippi where her family was um, to have us there so she would have some help. Um, I don't know if any of you have twins, but I can't imagine um, having twins, which I actually prayed for twins, and I'm really thankful. God knows better than we do. Um, so my mom stayed there for about six weeks. And then uh, my dad's job from the railroad brought them here to the state of Alabama. And so I grew up in church my whole life. Um, I was born with a mild form of cerebral palsy in my left side. But I never knew that I was different. I never knew that anything was going on different in my body. Because my parents and my church family, they did not treat me different from my brothers. They treated me the same. And one day um, in first grade, all of that changed. All of that changed for me. And a friend of mine, he uh, gathered all of our friends around me and he began to make fun of me and he held up his arm the way that I would hold my left arm up. I never knew because those muscles were so tight. Um, it just felt like I, was, I held it down like my right arm. And he held his arms up like a bunny rabbit and said, that is what I look like. And he began to hop around me in circles and I was devastated and here I am a 38 year old woman and I still remember that moment like it was yesterday and that crushed me but in that moment I put that need to be perfect on my life because I did not want to be rejected I did not want to be made fun of I did not want to be made to feel less than again and we as moms put this pressure of perfection on ourselves. We look at social media feeds or we look at what our friends are doing. Or when other uh, friends of ours bring their kids into church and they're not arguing and they look smiling like they've just been that way the whole time when we were riding in the car and we were yelling at each other and telling our kids, put your smiles on when we get out of the car or you know, I use a spanking spoon um, or else, right? So we think that they didn't go through that. When in reality they're going through the same thing that we are, but we have put this need this mask of perfection to be on us and it's heavy and you may be feeling the heaviness of that mask of perfection today because you know what our situation right now is definitely not perfect it is not perfect many of us are walking in things that we've never walked in i've never had to homeschool my kids i've never been in a situation where i cannot leave my home freely that freedom in some ways has been taken away, right? Some of us live in areas where where you are um, mandated by your government, you can't leave unless you have to go to the grocery store or you're going to work. You have to stay home for the next two or three weeks. Some of us are, are choosing social distancing and choosing to not leave, but that freedom has been taken away. So now we are battling, we're grappling with this need to be perfect, this need to have it all together. And maybe you're feeling that anxiety Way heavy on you through that. I was just sharing with with my friend, Lindsay, she's a teacher, uh, my daughter, who's in fifth grade, we're doing fifth grade fractions. And I'll just tell y'all, my math skill is probably in about third grade with what they're doing right now. It's so hard. And, And her and my husband, we had to FaceTime him to ask him a question about one of the math answers. And I told them how I thought it should be answered and they were like no 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 that's wrong like they both were like that's wrong and so that that perfection is gone. Once you hit fifth grade y'all it's definitely gone with math at that point. So we have this need to be perfect. And I see that just looking back throughout my whole life, through all different things, how God just weaves our stories together. Even in college I felt the need to be perfect to have the best grades to be the top of my class because I thought that would be the only way people would accept me. And we as women, we want to be accepted. Whether we want to admit that or not, we want to be accepted, we want to be loved by our community and we want to feel a part of the group. That's why we try so hard growing up in high school to get in with that certain group, to get in with those friends and to be a part because we want to be accepted. But we got to remember that God already accepts us the way that we are. He accepted us long before we were ever put in our mother's womb. And he knit us together with no mask. He knit us together and he said, this is my daughter. She is fearfully and wonderfully made. And he loved us and he put gifts and talents inside of us that he wants us to use. And when we try so hard to be perfect, we can't walk in what God has for us. And I saw that in my life. I saw that come um, come full circle in 2011, I was a master of the mask, and during that time, um, everything appeared to be great. Brandon and I, my husband, the church that we were at, we were actually the worship leaders there, which was a huge desire of our heart. Um, my oldest, who's 11 now, she was two, and she was living her best toddler life, just rocking and rolling. She was an only child at that time. Um, I had a successful in-home business, so everything appeared great on the outside, but on the inside, I was crumbling. I was crumbling from the weight of the mask, from the weight of perfection, from the weight of trying to have it all together and do it all on my own. Um, Even in my walk with the Lord, I felt like I had to come to Him having it all together so he could use me in that form. And what happened was I began to experience this heaviness on my chest and the ability to breathe was difficult. Um, I would notice at times and it would be at random times. And that's the thing with anxiety. It's never going to become expectably. It's always unexpected when it hits you. And so I began to not be able to breathe. I would lose my breath. My heart rate would increase. Um, it would get really, really fast and, um, I would get nauseous and dizzy at night. It would be the most difficult time for me because I don't know about you guys. I can keep myself busy during the day. If it is doing work or being outside with my kids or, you know, when I used to go and and I would go do things with my friends, I can keep myself busy during the day, keep my thoughts busy. But at night when I would lay down, that's when my mind would begin to race. And it would begin to go to to those extreme what if places, you know, what if this happens to my daughter? What if this happens to my husband when he goes to work? Um, What if something happens to me? And I would go to these worst case scenarios and my brain would would make, it was like these movies in my head, if that makes sense. And uh, as these movies would play out, they felt like they were real scenarios that were going to happen. So that anxiety grew into fear and panic Um, and I was paralyzed. I was paralyzed by it and it it grew and it strengthened and I didn't tell anyone because I truly felt that I was the only one dealing with that feeling. And I'll be honest with you guys um, in my life because of what I had put on myself and because of the things that I had had thought and then taught, I did not think anxiety nor depression were real. Um, I don't know if any of you ever found yourself there. And when people would come to me who had struggled with anxiety or depression um, for help or for prayer, I did not answer with the compassion of Jesus. My answer would always be pray harder, do more, try harder, um, suck it up, buttercup. You know, it was just not with love and compassion because I truly thought they were feeling sorry for themselves. Um, And if any of you have had that response said to you, I think people say that at times because they don't know how to respond because they've never been through it and they think they're helping you, but I know they're not. And I know that heaps extra shame and disappointment um, on you. So I just want to tell you, I'm sorry if that has been said to you. Know that it's not coming from a place of, of them trying to hurt you. They truly believe they're helping you and, and we know that it's not. Um, so I just kind of want to stand in their place to tell you I'm sorry that that's happened. But know that God doesn't feel that way about you. God doesn't look at you with shame and think, well, why is she doing that? Why is she not dependent on me? Why is she not trying harder and doing more? He's not thinking that. He is looking at you with love and compassion. And he's looking at you telling you, come, lay your burdens at my feet. Let me help you. And so I remember um, when this all kind of grew and, and I could not, I could not function. I literally could not do daily functions anymore. And I was sitting on the bed, not excuse me, not on the bed, on the couch. And uh, my daughter was playing in her playroom and I had the worst anxiety attack that I had had to date. And um, I I thought that that was it, that something was about to happen and my daughter was gonna find me. And just having that picture playing through my head of my two year old coming and finding me, even to this day, it just, it breaks my heart just, just to know that that's where, where I was. Um, so I had to call somebody. So I called my mom. Um, I felt like for me, my mom was a safe person and that she would, would not judge me, but she would help me somehow. I just felt like she could help me. So I called my mom. I told her what I was experiencing. And she said, Karis, you're you're having an anxiety attack. You need to go to your doctor right now. And so I tried to argue with her a little bit. Now, I'm almost a 30-year-old woman at this point in my life. You still don't argue with your mom at that point. That's just like you don't do that. And so um, she finally, I finally stopped arguing, and I listened, and I went to my doctor. I had to get Zoe, and um, here we go, to the doctor. I called Brandon. Again, at this point, he had no idea what was going on in me. I was able to just kind of keep that mask on and hold it together but it was started to, it was crumbling. At this point, it was crumbling. I'm laying there on the table, stripped down, EKG machine hooked up to me so they can check my heart. Cause I thought I was having a heart attack. That's another thing with anxiety. It feels like you're having a heart attack. Um, and so Zoe's crying, I'm crying. I'm looking at the nurse saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we're bothering you. I'm sorry I'm a burden. Cause that's how you feel. You feel like a burden when that anxiety comes upon you and that that you are causing problems for the people around you. And uh, the nurse just looked at me and she said, you are not a burden, we're here to help you. And I think about our nurses today, what they're doing and they have that same attitude, we are here to help you. And so she tried to calm me down and tell me it was gonna be okay, that, the, that I did the right thing. And uh, Brandon came to get Zoe and he said, what do you want me to do? And I was like, just leave because I didn't want him to see me like that. Because he'd always seen me as this strong woman who is always together, who always had a very strong opinion. And honestly, I thought my opinion was fact, right? Anyone else? Um, and so now he sees me in this weak and broken place. And I was embarrassed and ashamed. And so I said, just go. And so they left. And the doctor came in and he said, "Miss Snyder, your, your heart is fine. Your heart is fine. Um, but you, you have anxiety, you're having an anxiety attack and you need to be on medication that will help you, uh, that'll help you calm down. And so I looked at that doctor and said, uh, I think you're wrong. I don't think that's real. Um, and he kind of looked at me like, really? Is she just telling me that I don't know how to do my job here? And so um, I told him that day, I said, look, I'm fine. Don't we say that a lot? We say, I'm good. I'm fine. I got this. Um, So I tried to convince myself of that, that I was good, that I was fine. Um, So I went home, and Brandon asked me. I told him a little bit. I didn't tell him a lot. And I was fine for a couple of days. But then it came back, and that's what anxiety will do. It will go away. And then it comes back and it brings friends. And uh, that time when the anxiety began to come back in greater force, it brought its friend depression. And when you don't deal with anxiety and with the things that you are facing, it will bring other stuff along with it. And for me, that was depression. So now I began to not only, um, I'm not only dealing with the shame of what my body is experiencing and feeling, but now I'm dealing with, um, you are a burden. You're not needed here. You can't. Do the things that you normally do. You, you can barely get up and function through the day. So here come these less words. Uh, you are purposeless. Your hope less. Your use less. You are worthless. So now I have this heaped on me every day. And it was like a ping pong ball going back and forth in my head uh, you need to do more. You're not good enough. You need to trust God more. God doesn't love you. You need to um, try harder. Um, you have failed. Failure is a trigger word. I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail people. I don't want to fail God. And so it was like a ping pong ball going back and forth through my head constantly through the day. And I just began um, to fall under the pressure of it all. Um, I just began to literally couldn't hold my head up anymore. Um, And I was just being destroyed from the inside Out, and I still wouldn't tell anybody. And when you hold on to anxiety like that, friends, and you hold on to the hurt and the shame, and you don't let anyone in, what the enemy's wanting to do with that anxiety and depression, he wants to use it to take you out. He wants to use it to keep you from walking in the purpose and the plan that God has for you. If it can isolate you away from people, away from friends, the lies that anxiety speak begin to become truth to you but I'm here to tell you today that they are lies and I had to have a rock-bottom moment and everybody's rock-bottom moment is different and my hope is to this group is that is that you don't have to get to there, to that rock bottom moment. You can you can learn with others around you, what anxiety is, what it's doing to you. And then tomorrow we're gonna to talk about how it's affecting your brain and how you can cope, how you can overcome, because there are real things that you can do. And so for me, um, that rock bottom moment was I, I got pregnant. I got pregnant. Um, and at that time it was honestly a miracle because I may have weighed a hundred pounds, because I was not eating. I was trying so hard to keep that mask of perfection on to make it appear like I had everything together. So the only thing I could control was the way my body looked. Um, So I was trying, and by trying to control the way my body looked, I also used that to numb the anxiety because anxiety is painful. The thoughts that it throws at you is painful and hurtful. So the way I tried to numb it was to starve it. Uh, I know some people will use alcohol or drugs or relationships that are not healthy. So I used food and I use food in a way to starve the pain. Um, and so to do that, I was eating less than a thousand calories a day. I was working out two hours or more a day and I was drinking three to four gallons of water every day. Um, and so here I am in this feeble state, mentally, physically inside and out, and I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. And we go to the doctor and, and she was so loving and so kind. And, uh, she said, "Karis, listen, for the sake of this baby, you gotta eat, you gotta eat. I don't care if you eat donuts, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, eat. And so first of all, if a doctor gives you permission to eat donuts all day long. I mean, anyone, you're going to eat donuts all day long. So, but also you guys will get this. I know that mama bear instinct totally kicked in. Like there are things that I will do for my kids that I will not do for myself, but for my kids, if I got to fight for my kids and help my kids, I'm going to do that. And so, um, so that's what I did. I, I helped my kids and, um, I, I told, told the doctor, okay, so I began to eat, I began to, uh, do what she said. And in doing that, I gained six pounds in eight weeks, but I also lost the baby. And so that just, that was it. So here comes the enemy with, see, you, you killed this baby. You took this baby's life. Look what you did. You are a failure. You, you truly have nothing to offer. And so in that moment when I hit rock bottom, I knew I had two choices. I could look up or I could give up. And it was like I could just feel God take his hands and just gently lift my head up and say, look up, look up. And uh, when I looked up, there were the helpers. It wasn't just God there, it was a counselor, it was my doctor, it was friends, It was, um, my church family, my husband, they were all there, um, a counselor, the counselor he brought in my life in a really neat way. They were all there to help me. So I followed the doctor's orders, began to take medicine. I went to counseling and God began to heal me and God began to restore me. And as my friends and my family would begin to say, how are you doing? That was the moment where I could put the mask back on or I could be honest. And so I can remember the very first friend who ever said, how are you doing? We were having a play date with our kids. And I told her, I'm not good. I'm struggling with anxiety and depression. And I was waiting on that moment because see, in our heads, we're convinced that other women are against us, that we're not for each other. So I was convinced she was going to use that against me. And she looked at me and she said, you too? And it was as if we both breathed a sigh of relief. And I said, yeah, me too. Me too. And so, um, it gave me hope to know that, that there were others dealing with what I was dealing with going through the same struggles that I was going through. Um, but that we weren't alone. And so I wanted to just share that part of my story with you today to just say, Hey, me too, me too. It is hard right now to be at home, to be isolated away from your friends, even our family. Um, and to go through all the things that we're going through with the uncertainty of things happening in our world. So I just want you to know, me too. But I want you to know this, that I want you to have the me too moment of God's hope and God's restoration and God's healing um, and redemption. Because you see, he did heal me and he did help me to overcome. Do I still deal with anxiety? Yes, but it does not rule my life. Um, I know my triggers. We'll talk about those tomorrow. Um, it's not stealing the joy from my life anymore. When those anxiety elephants try to come, if if you want to say it that way, I have tools where God has helped me and prepared me. Um, and just to even know every day to see God's beautiful story of restoration in my life, um, as he began to heal me, I got pregnant again. Um, and I... After having the miscarriage, I cried every day during that pregnancy because you're just you don't know um, and I just prayed for god 's hand to be on that baby and it was so neat because the miscarriage that I had was September of two thousand eleven. I had my alley grace September two thousand twelve and it was as if God said i'm restoring everything that was was stolen from you everything that was broken out of your life." And uh, that's why her middle name is Grace, because it means a gift from God. And Zoe's name, actually, Zoe Elizabeth is her middle name. So Zoe means life promised by God is what Elizabeth means. We did not know that when we gave her that name. Um, so it's as if God allows me every time that I look at my kids to see his promise and to see his grace. And friend, you are flanked on both sides by his promise and by his grace. So as you go throughout the day-to-day with your kids or if you're at work, or you're around other people, and we are practicing this social distancing, and that anxiety tries to come at you, just remember, God has his promises and his grace all around you, all around us, all around this world. He is never caught off guard. Um, what we have to bring him is never too hard for him to handle. And he cares, and he's listening. And I wanted to share uh, with just one last thing with you, And then I'm going to give you just a minute. If you have questions, you can ask your questions. But this was one scripture that I hang on to still to this day that God gave me. And it's Psalms 40, 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. So I just want you to know he's listening. He's listening to you, he's listening to your cries, and he will pull you up, he'll pull you out. And not only that, he's gonna give you a new song to sing so then you can go help others in this world around you. So we're gonna end right there. I'm gonna give you just a minute if you have a question. Um, you can, I'm gonna unmute everyone, okay? Okay, everybody is unmuted. And so I'm just going to give you just a minute. If you have a question, you can ask your question. If you don't have a question, that is absolutely okay too, just so you guys know that. Okay, so what we're gonna do, we're just gonna end right there. Um, Thank y'all for hopping on. So what will happen tomorrow? We're gonna talk about what anxiety actually does to your brain, what's happening to your brain when that anxiety is going on. And I'll say this, uh, this may be helpful information for you and your kids. If you've noticed some things going on with them, um, this may help you understand what's happening in their brain. So we're going to talk about that, what's going on in your brain. And then we're going to talk about how do you cope? How do you deal with that? What are some things that you can do to help you when that anxiety does try to come at you? So thank y'all for joining. Again, this is going to be recorded. Tomorrow will be recorded. And then um, I'll send them both to you guys when when we're done. So I'm praying for y'all and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody back here <laughs>